Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of Two Kids on the Block. I'm your host, co-host, Benjamin Wong. I'm joined by Mr. I am the CryptoCoin Kid and I'm your other co-host. So today we have a we have a really interesting episode. There's a lot of news in the crypto NFT space mm. every second it feels like. And things are kind of getting a lot more busy slash chaotic. Um, and mm. it's interesting now that yeah. there's like so many more people in the space. I'm we've we've both been like browsing Twitter and and reading people's stories <laughs> and things like that. And it it, it feels like everything is just ex- exploding almost. Um, yeah. And, and with that comes pros, also a lot of cons. But let's start with the latest news from Twitter that they, they're, they're called like the hexagonal, is that how you pronounce it? Hexagon. Hexagon profile. Yeah. And you can have an NFT that is your profile picture. And if it's a hexagon, that means like it's verified that you actually oh. own the NFT. So I could, mm. uh, I could buy a CryptoPunk hopefully I will one day and and make that my profile picture. And then Kamea, who doesn't own my CryptoPunk, maybe he owns a board ape. He can't make his profile picture, my CryptoPunk and get the verification. Mm. And I can't make my profile picture, his board ape, and then get the hex gone. So oh. what does that mean? Kamea? What are its implications? Um, I mean, it's all about really digital ownership when it comes to that. And we always talk about the topic of digital ownership. NFTs literally focus on digital ownership. That's their whole being. And it's really hard to enforce that online. One of the most common complaints I see from artists is when they just copy other people, and then they make a fortune off of it. And then there's YouTube videos after YouTube video, like NFT artists are making this or copying this. And it's so very hard to enforce that online because there's so much pseudonymity online and it's it's hard to like really enforce a hard law on that, which is why you'll have to get like a community consensus to allow everyone to agree, which is basically what the blockchain is. And so with Twitter, with Instagram, with everyone even having alt accounts, multiple different uh, um, wallets it's just much harder. So what the literally one of the biggest issues of this digital age is just who owns what? Because a lot of, there's this um, huge wallet that I saw. It's just unnamed and it owns 200, over 200 CryptoPunks. Oh, I've seen this before. Yeah, yeah. And it's worth about $250 million right now. People predict that could be worth a billion dollars within the next year's but like no one knows who owns that. So how are you supposed to say who owns this if you don't actually have like a, a name or just you just have the wallet and it's unnamed? So <clears throat> until you can solve that, you just have like a Wild West sort of situation. And this is very challenging with the whole idea of ownership because people are like, well, I created that, but they don't have any proof. But then people have are like backing them up. It's just so very confusing. So I think the idea that people can kind of give like permission for them to use that as a profile picture, the little hexagon, or else it's honestly it's a very fine line. Cause the internet, it's supposed to be like free, but then you're not allowing um people to use your profile picture. But I think if it's yours and you own it on the wallet, it's verified to your account, then you should people should request access to make it at the profile picture. 
but it's just that's a long-term problem maybe you could fix it for like short term but it's just extremely extremely hard if you're going to be a free internet but you need to have that so it's kind of a fine line when it comes to that i don't know what about um what about you ben yeah i mean i i like what they're doing but but there's there's been i would say a, a more negative opinion on what mm-hmm. they did by by not the nft community obviously but by the general twitter community and mm-hmm. so honestly even if i did own a crypto punk i don't know if i would and and here's here's why like there are actually apps out there that will help you automatically block everyone who has an nft <laughs> profile picture wow like it's an actual thing out there you can download it it's free you can block everyone automatically who has a hexagon profile picture from DMing you, from following you, from seeing your stuff. Wow. And so it's and it's an interesting reality. I think there's and again, I I'd like to lead my platform on empathy, love, kindness. So I have a lot of empathy for everyone out there, but but I think that's a big struggle. Um is is there's still a lot of people who hate NFTs without understanding what they are. And a lot of it comes wow. down to like you're not willing to put the time in to go research NFT. Yes, yes, yes. I um I'm pretty sure it was one of um Gary V's like ask Gary V, you know how he brought that back after two years. But um yeah, like he said in there where it's like most people hate on NFTs because they just don't want to put in the fifty hours of researching what is right. an NFT. It's- like Gary V did. I saw this really cool video where um this guy basically did the calculations of if you followed every single NFT that Gary V said to buy in his Discord. And he oh, literally yeah. did all the maths. He did all of he looked back. And you would have made a lot of money. Because oh, yeah. Gary V, he puts in the time and he is really you know he knows his stuff. Because just when he speaks, you can tell he's he's he stayed up all night. You can tell he's putting the time and he believes in this and it's really hard to see that these days because a lot of people are called like quote unquote professionals. I guess that could be applied to potentially even us. Cause we don't spend all like all our day, but it's still important to know that there are people that spend a lot of time researching their field of um, their favorite field and they will have good ideas, good opinions that will be way yeah. much better than most people's. And, um, when he says that a lot of people, that's why I think the most common belief is two things. It's oh, NFTs are a scam or and it's too complicated for me to learn. So I'm, I'm not even going to try. Like, it's like them saying like, oh, the alphabet has too many letters. Then I just don't want to yeah. learn every single letter because why can't there just be five letters? But that doesn't make any sense. So just if you want to truly master something. It's like that quote where it goes like, if you truly master something, you have to put in 10,000 hours or something like that. And you can't really master NFTs or really the crypto world without putting in the time. And I've spent hours just researching about crypto and all that stuff. And it's really important to learn about that because getting in this world, it's like a ravenous um ecosystem right now. People are kind of, people are very nice sometimes, but again, Twitter is known for being pretty toxic like that's always the view that people say on it and many um from tony robbins one of my favorite quotes is many people major in minor things which 
Um, what just what do you think that means to you, Ben? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's like people spend a lot of a, a huge amount of time and energy on the little things that that don't matter or, or matter very little. Is that is that what it means? Yeah, that's that's basically a part of it, and it's basically NFTs are a major thing. Crypto yeah. is a major thing, but people are learning a bunch of random things these days. Like if you ask them a random thing and they know the answer. Um, Tony Robbins said something like 90% of the knowledge that people have is just a bunch of random knowledge that really isn't that important right. instead of the actual important things that they should be filling their like mind with. And, um, just if you, um, what I heard someone say where it's like, if you, one of the most important things is to like master the crypto ecosystem, cause it's going to be the most important things to master when it comes to finance. I'm not saying that crypto is going to like help you in everything, like emotional, spiritual, whatever. Um, right. But when when it comes to finance, crypto is one of the most important things that you want. Yeah, like I definitely, I, it's a lot easier. So pretend I ask you, what do you think about, what do you think about this new technology called barnacles? And <laughs> barnacles are... It's a new way that's going to revolutionize how we record podcasts. And like, and there's a lot of media out there that's against barnacles and talking about why the current existing systems are, are really good already and why, and all these reasons against it. But there's also many pros. It's a lot easier to read the headline. And I'm guilty of this. And it's a lot easier to read the headline mm-hmm. and say Bitcoin is a is a fraud because of you know ABC, and so, and it's a lot easier to do that. Read the headline and repeat it, and make your make yourself sound knowledgeable. It's a lot easier than to actually put in the fifty hours and research it yourself. Yes, and then come up with the conclusion. Yeah, that's it's really interesting because a lot of people on Twitter, if you've been on Twitter before. You on NFT Twitter, crypto Twitter, you've had to have seen like that meme of that guy getting mad of screenshot NFTs. It's just, it was a viral video. People, uh, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty like the guy seems so serious about it. It's pretty funny. But uh, I mean, when it comes to that, it's really who owns the, um, like who owns the NFT? If you own a Bored Ape, who owns it? Bored Ape? Or do you own the JPEG? Because it's really just tied to your wallet. I remember there was this guy who lost like five board apes, but board ape was able to recover three of them. So like if board ape can just bring back the NFT and give it back to you, that means they can steal it from you as well. So like really, yeah. how really decentralized could it be if um if it, you can just um recover it? It was actually um it wasn't actually directly, I'm pretty sure it wasn't directly Bored Ape. It was um, OpenSea, the platform, or whatever platform it was stolen from. So it's just, it's kind of a loophole. I remember um, listening to a video, and is it, it's weird, it's weird talking about it because, like, you've seen people sue over, like, using their song or copying their song. You've seen artists I, I, sue. But can you really sue someone over stealing your NFTs? Because we're really starting off with, NFTs. We're starting off with who owns JPEGs. And in reality, it's so hard. Imagine like who owns this house or who owns this song. It's going to be like 10 times worse. It's going to be like literal war zone out there about who owns what. And so 
my prediction is that hmm, so that it it will be like this. Here's my prediction. So you can own you can own your shoes that are Yeezys, you know? <laughs> and but you won't own the brand Yeezys. So you can contribute to the brand of Yeezys by owning them. You own those specific ones, but you won't actually own that actual brand Yeezys. Or if you own Adidas shoes, you won't actually own Adidas. Or if you own, if I have the Rock um, hoodie or shirt, I don't actually own his brand. So you can trade your shoes. You can trade um, whatever. Um, you can trade NFTs for ethereum or you could even if they think it's a fair trade you can trade it for other nfts but really that's it you can't make a clothing brand i'm pretty sure in the lot in a couple episodes ago i said like if you own the board ape you can't make a clothing brand of your one board ape because still it's the board apes art it's still fair use and it's still theirs and i wanted to um so basically to sum it up bottom line it's Time to learn about NFTs, guys. I think, um, I think you've seen that. Um, it's basically like it's like the curve. You've seen that curve where it's like the early adopters, the early innovators, and then it's the laggards at the end. So, I feel Facebook. Um, here's some examples for people. Facebook is at the end. It's like right at the end of there. Everyone knows Facebook. Everyone, most people have like I heard there's like over a billion people who have made a Facebook account. So my my grandma is on Facebook. It's not early. If you think that you're like super hype getting into Facebook, bro, I just downloaded Facebook. I'm so yeah, cool. Yeah. You're not really that cool. Instagram, it's a bit in the late majority. It's right there. TikTok is like right at the top of the curve. Still younger people use it, but older people are starting to use it. It was kind of like the Instagram for the younger generation. Then there's crypto and a lot of people are saying it's too late. Crypto's in reality, crypto is still in the early adopters phase since not a lot of people are using it. And I just hate it when people say, I'm too late. Board Apes already got like 100x. And like, oh, CryptoPunks yeah, yeah. just already got 100x. It's too late. NFTs, I just missed it. No, it's literally still in the early um innovators, early adopters, that phase. It's before crypto. And they're like right about like right about here. And it's time for you guys, since we both predicted that there will be a bear market in 2022, this is the time for you guys to learn about NFTs, about the ecosystem, about the people, about the communities, about the projects, because 5% of the population, that's it, are the amount that uses crypto. Like, just, just, that's, might seem a huge amount. Like, I'm just going to look up. 5% of the world. 5% of the world is, uh, 5% of 7.9 billion is 395 million, which is about the, it's a little more than the population of America, I'm pretty sure. So basically, just in the entirety of America, just to, if I'm, I know that not all people that use crypto are in America, but just to put in perspective, yeah, all the whole population of America plus maybe some other smaller countries are the ones using crypto. And in reality, just think about Facebook, one billion people—that's three times the amount of all the people using crypto at this point. 
And crypto, in my opinion, is really more innovative than Facebook was. Maybe Facebook was at the time. It was super innovative, but crypto has a lot more potential and it's still in the early phase. And it's just, guys, if you don't learn it right now, within the next five years, you then you will most likely um, miss out. So let's just uh, let's let's go to the next topic, which is basically regret. So I always see regret flowing around. Um, I don't really have regrets since I've only lived like um, a little over a decade, but people wish they got in, but missed it. And I just always see these like videos where it's like how I lost a million dollars. But in reality, it's just like, I just didn't invest in Bitcoin when I knew it was there and just, it just wasn't like you lost a million dollars. It's just you missed an opportunity to make a million dollars. You never lost anything. You you never lost or gained anything. And I feel like people are thinking that they missed out. They're regretting their decisions. And they're just, I always see like, what would you do? Um, Time travel and stuff, whatever. And they're just like, oh, time travel. And then go back in time and invest a bunch of money in Bitcoin. But really you... Uh, it's too late you regret and that's why a lot of people have regret and there's a very important signal that's happening that may be happening in new york and do you know what happened in new york concerning crypto ben i think i have an idea but but walk us through it all right so the mayor of new york takes salary in bitcoin and ethereum he just got paid his first ever paycheck in Bitcoin and Ethereum, which is crazy because um, I'm going to look up the age of the mayor of New York, New York, <laughs> the age of the mayor of New York. He is 61 years old, which is usually you always see like a bunch of Gen Z or a bunch of um, millennials getting in. And this guy He's like a pretty old guy and he is getting in and he's innovating. He's getting paid in crypto and this is awesome. So most of these stories are about NFL people taking their salaries. And most of these people are in their like 20s taking their salaries in crypto. And this is like unique because I can't really think of a uh, politician besides like the um, the, um, senators from Florida who were supporting the... uh, the um, bill which was being passed around concerning crypto, they were saying not to do that. So that's the only other politicians. But I feel like this was the first one that I could see that wanted to get paid in the in Bitcoin and Ethereum. So he said, New York is the center of the world and we want it to be the center of cryptocurrency and other financial innovations. Right. And just, I think it's because... Um, early on, New York was making it pretty hard to develop an exchange in New York. And yeah. you just always think of like big city, New York, it's the big apple. And like, um, it's like the land of opportunity. And if they aren't innovating in crypto, it won't really be because that's where the innovation is happening. That's where the NFTs, that's where the everything is innovating. And I think it's a smart move for them to do that. And he said that on a prepared statement. Being on the forefront of such innovation will help us create jobs, improve our economy, and continue to be a magnet for talent, a magnet for talent all over the globe. So this sort of shift in tone, because back in the day, 
when exchanges like um Coinbase were starting, um New York was acting like a super big shot. Like, oh, hey, buddy, you you want to start in New York? Well, you're going to have to do all of this. But now New York has to make it a bit easier because not everyone is New York worthy just yet because it's like always like only millionaires and billionaires can make it in New York. It's like super expensive and all this stuff. That's always the view. And they always made it hard for even like Coinbase when it was starting because they have the stock market. They forced everyone to get a bit license, which was hard to get. And it costs a lot, which is why a bunch of other um, exchanges moved to somewhere else. So this is pretty exciting because what kind of message do you think this sends to the citizens of New York? He's essentially saying, like, I'm the mayor, I'm comfortable with it, so you don't have to be scared. I am the mayor of this city, and you don't have to be scared to get into crypto because it is the innovation. So what do you think this is trying to signal, Ben? Yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons of being super strict on regulation, um, making, like, for example, Coinbase and everything they went through with regulation, not only in New York, but from the entire country. (laughs) Yeah. It was an issue of, I think it was an issue of understanding. I haven't done a whole lot of research here, nor was I in the New York government during this time, but (laughs) my... My initial thought is that it was an issue of understanding and the New York, whoever was in charge there was, didn't really understand what crypto was or was a lot more focused on the skepticism without doing the 50 hours research. Now, given they're probably an important, busy person, I I don't expect them to be like Gary Vee and stay up to 3am researching crypto punks, (laughs) but but I think that was a big issue. But now that the crypto has make has made its roots in other places, you know, Silicon Valley, uh, Florida, I think, um, and in a few other a few other places, I think New York is trying to play catch up right now, um, mm-hmm. and try to get back some of because New York is New York. They want to be the hub. They are the financial hub of the world. They want to. They want that to continue with crypto. But I think a lot of the worries and the regulation early on are preventing them from doing that. So now that the mayor has to go take out his salary <laughs> Ethereum to make up for that. Yeah. Um, what I'm starting to see is like the two worlds emerge with two different views. There's the countries in the East, the centralized East, like China, Russia, potentially banning cryptocurrency and Bitcoin mining etc. And then there's the decentralized West with the US, Canada, South America, Europe, and the European Union, making it easier for people to get into crypto. And this is really interesting because crypto is really helping define the future. And a lot of things are being helpful, like crypto's giving back to a lot of different things. It's contributing to healthcare, it's contributing to um, e-commerce, contributing to so many things. And either you in crypto, you accept it or you don't. There's no, there's no silver lining. You can only, you can only like allow crypto to roam free, or you can just like straight up ban it. Because there's no, but there's no like, well, you can't do this, but you can, you can use this crypto, right. but you can't, you can't like do that with crypto, but you can do this. That doesn't, that it's impossible to do that with everything. So you can't be halfway on this issue, and. 
it's really so interesting that you can start seeing how different parts of the world are starting to stand on crypto. And I really believe that the countries that are innovating with crypto could have an edge in the global play playing field because there's so much opportunity in crypto. There's so much opportunities to make a fortune, so much opportunities to develop. And that's why I believe in this so, so much. It's just, it's forcing us to align with either, it's, it's forcing us to align our values with who. Either we believe in crypto or we don't. We have to, we are starting to align our values with where we put our money. Yeah. And usually it was a bit back then, like, it's just crazy to think about, um, how fast uh, like the world has evolved within like the past yeah. centuries, millennia. Because if you brought a, c a computer a thousand years ago, people would think you're like a sorcerer or something, making the computer screen appear or something. Right. And now it's just normal day stuff. And so there's this old saying where it's like, put your money where your mouth is. Where it's basically trying to say, whatever you're speaking about, you should have money in it because you don't want to seem like a hypocrite where you say one thing, but you don't do it. And it's, it's, and that's really, that's real. And it's according to the growth of crypto, it's really starting to become clear. And now there's a, there's so many people being like, they, um, they're big fans of NFTs, but they don't own a, but I'm not saying that you need to own a crypto punk to, be a big fan of NFTs. Like we don't own the CryptoPunk, but we're a huge fan of NFTs. You just um you have to know where you stand in this whole global world. So back to you, Ben. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah, it, it's a complicated world. We're we're very early and things are changing rapidly fast. Part of that uh, is Meta, Mark, Mr. Mark. <laughs> he is trying to create his own NFT platform. So. OpenSea is obviously the main one. OpenSea, the right now the platform for trading NFTs. But as as all of you should learn now or already know, NFTs that are minted on OpenSea or Rarible or Mintable are are they use the services the, the platform, but the NFTs are really minted to the blockchain. Yes, which is one one thing. So it doesn't yes. matter if you mint to OpenSea. In most cases, you should still be able to buy it and sell it on like Rarible and, or other sites. And so, then you might um just to um like clear a bunch of confusion. A lot of people are like, well then I uh, why can't I um like just give someone on OpenSea by Matrix NFT? The thing is um it's because the Nifty's runs on a different blockchain right, than um right. Ethereum. It runs on the Palm blockchain. And the reason they um, didn't use Ethereum is because no gas. Like, they just don't want people spending half of their money on gas fees. And it's just, that's why platforms like Solana, Pulse Chain, um, Palm, they're all trying to innovate for the NFT market. They're trying to adjust. There's some that are just literally designed to be optimized for NFTs, not even for crypto. They're just designed to be optimized for NFTs. Yes, yeah, so, so, so that's the huge thing with platforms. There are so many different platforms and everyone has their own unique, like, like OpenSea is the platform and then looks rare, pays you for trading and then Mintable is free minting and then 
rarebles for art and so like there are so many platforms mm-hmm. uh, and and now there's going to be another one meta aka the zuck aka instagram aka facebook AKA <laughs> whatsapp the zuck. they want to create their own platform <laughs> so like 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 we all needed another platform um we have another one <laughs> so i don't i don't know what they'll call it maybe so we'll ha- maybe so it'll be like OpenSea versus Meta, oh, and then Coinbase NFT, their platform. So there's like so many different platforms right now. Um, is there a world in which they all coexist doing the same function with the same relative features? Hmm. I think that it's possible for um they for them to I think it's possible for them to coexist in the ecosystem. But my question is, usually when big companies want to develop something, they like buy out uh, the company that's already doing it, doing what they want. Like when Microsoft bought out Minecraft because they wanted to get more in the gaming industry for $2.6 billion. Or when Facebook tried to buy Snapchat and then they bought Instagram and WhatsApp. But why why do you think they're trying to um, buy an actual why do you think they're trying to create their own from scratch? Or maybe they're just buying, they're trying to offer OpenSea behind their back, like in the shadows. I don't know what's happening, but what's, I don't know what, I don't know what the Zuck is doing, but uh, what? Do, why do you think that? So, so OpenSea is worth $13.3 billion. So it's definitely possible for Facebook to buy them. But honestly, for Facebook to buy OpenSea is like the equivalent of us buying some candy at the store. <laughs> um, <laughs> So no, literally, it's like worth a trillion dollars. That's like nothing to Facebook. <laughs> it's like three billion. Let me search this out. One percent of one trillion is three one one three zero 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 zero. Hold on. percent of one. How many zeros is behind trillion? So tens or or thousands, hundred thousands millions billions oh, it's followed by one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve zeros is a trillion twelve zeros followed by twelve zeros is a trillion all right i got that and then <laughs> 13 so 13 zero 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 so the answer to that is um, let me switch this up so um that doesn't make sense. Um, 13 I think we maxed it out. So twelve zeros. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Calculate. Thirteen point zero one percent. So Okay, so I looked it up. Um so a trillion is followed by twelve zeros. A billion is followed by um nine zeros, I think. So that means that's zero point zero one three of Facebook. <laughs> it's like the equivalent of, equivalent of me and you buying <laughs> like a water. No, not not like a water bottle. No, no, actually, it is like the equivalent of if if me or you were to buy a shirt at the store. <laughs> Is is the equivalent of Facebook buying up the biggest NFT platform out there? So who knows what they'll do? Um, but I think there is an intention here that, that the Zuck got it right with social media, 
and now he wants to get it right with NFTs. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out. Yeah, I feel like when Mark Zuckerberg tries to make his own thing, uh, a lot of people really hate Facebook and like Mark Zuckerberg. Like people just say him rebranding to Meta is just him trying to hide from his past things. But I mean, I feel like Zuckerberg is really trying. He's an innovator for sure. He really knows how to innovate in the new world. And I just don't want to say anything potentially controversial or else Twitter might cancel me. But uh, I just, my prediction is that the meta NFT platform, based on the statistics, based on what people are saying, based on the view of Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg at this point in time, my prediction is that it will not be as easily accepted as Rarible or OpenSea or Looks Rare or um, Treasure Trove or whatever. So that's just my idea. That's my um, prediction because maybe maybe they have no choice to build their own because nobody wants to be connected to Mark Zuckerberg. Like who's going to go on OpenSea when they know that it's been bought out for like $50 billion or something by Facebook? No yeah. one is going to use it anymore unless they're like hardcore NFT fans and they just really care about it. People love OpenSea because it's really just it's really just people. It's like you don't potentially people just know it because they know no big companies owning it. They just know they're trading mm-hmm. NFTs on the blockchain. And I could I honestly there's a high chance that I could hydration. I could potentially be wrong, and I'm betting on the community values at this point because usually the community determines most of the things that happen in the world and the crypto and a lot of things. So crypto beliefs in Facebook just don't get along. So that's why nobody would want to go on OpenSea or Rarible if Mark Zuckerberg owned it because then it would just be looked down on or something by like the world. And there's a common experience from startup founders who sell to Facebook. They regret it and can't wait to leave because it's just, it's just kind of like, it's like a blessing and a curse. Cause like Facebook could make you a billionaire by like buying you out at the same time. Then, you know, you're connected to them, like in like a bond, it's a $50 billion bond they have to you. They're connected to you. And it's like selling, <laughs> this sounds like, yeah <laughs> so it's like one of those movie plots but like it's like selling your soul to them. <laughs> but like it's like it's like selling your whole personal persona you're now connected by the shackles to the zuck to mark zuckerberg the one only our favorite robot um ceo mark zuckerberg and it's kind of crypto started to fight fight an enemy and meta is the perfect example of that kind of enemy and I always just see YouTube videos getting tens of millions of views, making fun of Meta, YouTube Shorts or whatever. But just that's my prediction. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a complicated subject with Mark Zuckerberg and and the amount of influence that he has and that, that he will have. So that about wraps it up for me. Um, there's a few All more right. new subjects like that I think everyone should know about, like uh, Adidas and Gap. A lot of clothing brands are getting back into the game or, or they're getting into the game with normally so like they all have their own thing um uh, but they they all kind of have an end game which is physical goods that you can trade your nft in StockX, the sneaker site lets you is now coming up with a mechanism that you can buy a, an nft of a sneaker that's based off of the physical sneaker so mm. i buy an nft with this airpods and then whoever owns 
the NFT with the AirPods gets this and gets the AirPods so they can trade it in or they could sell it to someone else and then they could redeem it for the AirPods. Um, and I think that StockX is also going to do that for all their shoes at some point. The entire, because stocks are going to eventually be NFTs. So just NFTs based off of physical goods. But that about wraps it up for me. Anything that you have that's super pressing? Yeah, I have, um, I have like just a couple more things to wrap it up. Because yeah, I really love this episode. I feel like it was pretty awesome. We talked about a lot of things. One of the things I want to mention is Alex Becker and his nearly $1 million in NFT prizes. His Twitch event that's going to have thousands of people um, playing. I'm going to definitely be playing in it because there's going to be thousands of people in it. And potentially there's going to be like an exclusive one with like 40 influencers with over 100,000 followers because, you know, he wants people to like, you know them so you know who to root for and stuff. So it's, it's kind of an interesting thought. Alex Becker kind of comes from the era of, you know, like Ty Lopez and Gary Vee when they were just starting off. But when you look at Alex Becker's, like before they even started blowing up, like I love looking at Gary Vee's old videos. He's like, he's always like, what's up y'all? It's a Gary Vaynerchuk from the library days. He's like, what's up y'all? It's a (laughs) Gary Vaynerchuk from the very Vaynerchuk business. We're going to talk about Google right now, web, web two. And I just saw this funny comment where it's like, Gary V, you're so behind. You were talking about Web 2.0, and this is in 2007. Like what? <laughs> but yeah. um, um, so it's just an interesting thought. In his old videos, he was very critical of Gary V, Alex Becker, and Alex Becker used to like make e-commerce videos with like a Lambo in the background. You know, like those memes where it's like Ty Lopez. He always make those videos with like a Lamborghini yeah. in his background. He's like, here are the five steps to be successful, and like he always made those videos. So he started crypto trading being extremely sarcastic. If you've ever watched his videos, I sometimes watch his videos. They're extremely clickbaity, but he's just pretty funny when you watch them. He's so sarcastic and he's always in this dark room with these glasses. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But um, and I assume it got even more and more serious because he kind of got in thinking it was a joke. But he started getting more serious because he started making money. He created Neo City. I bet Neo Tokyo. Neo Tokyo. And I it's just totally blown up since then. And I feel that um it's just he's starting to take it more and more um serious seriously. And he makes a bunch of it's like super clickbait his videos. That's why sometimes I be cautious when I watch his videos because it's always like 10x crypto opportunities that are gonna make you a millionaire within five months and stuff. You know, I remember I sent you a, a message where it's like, to really grow to like beyond a certain point, you kind of have to be clickbait to a point. But uh, so he turned from a skeptic to like a hardcore crypto believer. Uh, like one of the first videos that he posted was like, why I only, why I only ever invest in crypto gaming and stuff, because that's when he started making money with Neo Tokyo. And he literally looks like the, um, like, um, Alex Becker, he always made videos by his Lamborghini. It's cool to see how he's changed over the time. Even, even Ty Lopez has his own projects he's going to launch. And one is going to be an NFT project, too. His project is, um, it's Atlas, a universal store of value. And he's going to launch a project to use NFTs to, um, for sure to access his community and get his business and training materials through owning the NFT. 
So you're going to get his resources, his knowledge, his expertise through owning this NFT. And the point is, there's a lot of business influencers who are now in crypto. I see financial guys gain more and more um, towards crypto because the gains are getting so much better. Um, you've had to heard of like Andre Jick. Have you ever watched his Andre Jick? No, I haven't. Oh, what's his Twitter? Let me look at it. Um, right it's now. just um, I'm pretty sure it's uh, wait a second. I'm pretty sure his uh Twitter handle. Just look up. He's just he used to be a um a huge like financial savings guy. He always like made um how to set up a saving bonds account and all that stuff. But now he recently started like he always does in the beginning. He always says in the beginning of his videos, totally not a crypto channel, but <laughs> his literal wallpaper is like um not a crypto channel, but he always makes videos about crypto <laughs> because he originally didn't want to like be associated with that in the beginning. But uh his Twitter is just Andre. Andre, G-I-K-H, he does, he explains it so simply, and it's just very enjoyable, he has good editing, and the cool thing about him is he makes, like, he does magic, he does magic tricks while explaining his videos, so it's, like, super cool when you watch him, I I definitely check him out if you want to, like, get a more simpler approach to that, so watch this trend when all your favorite um, business guys suddenly start mentioning crypto, then that is time yeah. that's when you know adoption is spreading so that's why um that's why just start talking about crypto start learning more and don't be surprised when it starts blowing up because ben and i told you on two kids on the block <laughs> potentially like two years ago when we well it's crazy to think that like in three years you're gonna be like 18 years old and i'm gonna be uh, 15 years old <laughs> but uh we're gonna just definitely we're going to be, I hope that we will be known for making a bunch of different predictions, potentially being like a smaller type of Gary Vee stuff, you know, but it's just, we will be here. We will be talking about it. We ensure you that we will be on the grind. We will be uploading content, content. We are going to stay in the game. That's a guarantee unless, and we will never miss a week of doing crypto talks or two kids on the block. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at 2KOTV. And um, on Saturday, I am going to be live streaming uh, Minecraft with Ben on our new Minecraft server. And um, check out our TikTok. It's at 2KidsOnTheBlock. Um, it's just, and there's a bit bit buggy, but I'm trying to fix it. Currently, I accidentally changed it to, the, I changed the name to um, at 2KOTB1256. But I could have just got the original number, so I need to fix that out. But so Ben, uh, I'll let you end this episode. Uh, what are your final thoughts? Crazy market right now. A lot of money being made. A lot of money about to be lost. Be careful. Do your own research. And that's about it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Two Kids on the Block. I'm Benjamin Wong at official Benjamin Wong. That's Kamea Lafontaine at Crypto Coin Kid. And we'll see you mm-hmm. next. Week. We'll see you next week. This is us signing off. Peace. Hey, everyone. It's Ben here. It's funny. You know what really, really makes me and Kamea's day? 
when people leave reviews on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. It takes between 5 and 30 seconds, and it really, really, really helps the show. And the best part, it costs you nothing. So if you enjoy what we do here, if you learn something cool, we would really appreciate it if you just left a quick review. This podcast is intended to provide general information and opinions. Please refer to your own research and discretion when making important financial decisions.